0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors What is up? Higher Learning is on It is I, Van Lathan
1: And it's me, Rachel Lindsay
0: Let me tell you something
1: Are
0: we We struggling today? We
1: struggling
0: this morning Uh This is coming after the After the uh, Memorial Day weekend And We're doing this on a Tuesday morning We're Like we're, we're 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 playing hurt You know? We're, I mean, you know, we, we, we just, we're, we, we, this is a bounce back language right here. It's what this podcast is. It's a bounce back. We're bouncing back. Had some fun right. this weekend. I saw you race. You were, you we were, did. you were down with the people. I,
1: I had a good time. And as I come here this Tuesday morning, I've lost my voice. It's coming back. I've lost my wig. I've lost my lashes. You see this? I'm, I'm. Like, <laughs> I'm
0: so you lost I'm your voice.
1: Texas. I don't found, I don't found, you know, I'm back to how I used to be.
0: Yeah. Back so to my
1: roots down you, here.
0: You So that's what happens when you go home. You lose all of that stuff, and you become the inner rage that you used to be. One more time, you lost your voice, your wig, and your lashes.
1: And my lashes. Let me tell you something. When you go back home, especially now that you're out in L.A., what do your people say to you? Because every time my uncle walks through my grandmother's door, they're like, what's up, Hollywood? Yeah. Hey, Hollywood. How's it going? Your people do you like that?
0: Yeah, and, and by the way, I don't like it. I don't like it because oh, I feel like does? I feel like it's low key dissing, and I come back with, "What's up? Still sitting by the Seven Eleven? Like, what's popping?"
1: I would never disrespect my uncle's life. Nah,
0: don't do me like that. <laughs> hey, Hollywood, how you doing? What you still got room for the little people? No, nigga. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what they say.
0: Like, no, I don't. Like, <laughs> are, are you planning to go back to jail anytime soon? Like, I don't. I don't like people doing that to me. Like oh, are you the same? I don't like it either. I I, I strike back because you know what I like. This is one of my favorite things in life. These uncles okay. and all of these people. Like I'm an adult now. Like I don't I don't hold them in the same reverence that I do my mom and my grandmother and my and my grandfather and all of them. I can clap back on them now. See all of that shit. My mother's brothers and all of that. That's over.
2: Yeah.
0: Like that's done. You, like you, you come for me now. It ain't eighty nine no more. I'ma get in your ass. All right. I still have the respect. No, I do. I do what I don't.
1: It's but yeah, no, 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 no. I feel you on that. But it's good yeah, to be I, home. It's good to, I mean, I
0: was. Well, I was wondering if you was gonna recognize me. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. And I and I come yeah. back to be honest with you. I don't. The years have been unkind. get like trying to make me feel bad for the the, the, having life success i love you we can talk about great things but if you come (laughs) for me i ain't backing down you know
1: it's to be expected it's family that's that's how we do each other here
0: but i'm that's why i'm not going back to louisiana uh until i lose some weight because if I go back down no, there. No,
1: where's that big talk? Where's that big talk?
0: No, no. Don't
1: worry about that. Mm-mm. Don't worry about it.
0: No, I'm not going back there till I lose some weight because this is going to be like, oh, shit, he's back.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know you were going to be They about you. Able they to done told
1: me it. I was too skinny.
0: Boy, I know. <laughs> like, what are we supposed to do? Like, we're people. You know? Sometimes you get a so little the first funny. thing they say. Boy... <laughs> Watch yourself now. All right now, Van. That's your second plate. Watch yourself now. Okay. I
1: love family.
0: I, I love, love them too. Family.
1: Did you have a good holiday weekend
0: though? <laughs> I did. Like, um. Okay. We went and we saw a quiet place too.
1: It's out.
0: Mm-hmm. Went to this. Went to the okay, theater. Okay, so you seat. went
1: to the movie theater. Yeah. What was that like?
0: It was dope. It was dope. You
1: weren't nervous? Is that okay? Was it crowded?
0: It was people in there. The movie made sixty million dollars in the first week. Theater's back. It's a big deal. It's a big triumph.
1: Than the first one.
0: No. But it's good, you know? It's good. They they the movie is so stressful. I don't know if I should have seen the movie quite so stressful at this particular time. You know, it's very stressful. You're in the movie and you want to jump. But the thing about the film that's interesting is that it's just like the first one. It's like, you get afraid to make noise too. Like you don't want to make no noise.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause you're like, it's, you don't want those things to come get you those crazy, terrible things. But uh, it was good. They had Jamon Hunsu in it. So at least we know that the black people survived this quiet place as well. Cause
1: did you just give away the movie?
0: No, I mean there's people there's oh, yeah, him. There, there are new yes. characters in it. Yeah, they show him in the trailer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I, I noticed that in the first Quiet Place movie, there were no black people, and if I can remember, and I was wondering if that was a criticism that they were making, like we can't be quiet, so the aliens killed all of us. <laughs> Maybe. Could be like the aliens could just really go to like a black movie theater, a place that's supposed to be quiet. That's probably they probably went right to the Magic Johnson 12 over there, uh, in South LA in Crenshaw. Like, probably right to the Magic Johnson 12. Like, we hear we can hear these motherfuckers, we hear them. It's they all right there, you know, like they get them, they yelling stop. at the screen.
1: Stop, stop. <laughs>
0: That's probably we probably got all of us, and then you know the white people, they being quiet and using sign language and shit like that. But it was dope. Um, the movie was dope, though. The movie was dope. And you went to a a, a a um a bachelorette party.
1: Went to a bachelorette party. I saw that. My college friend, she's getting married this summer. Um, it was fun. It was fun. I was just telling Trudy and Donnie that I said I was going to chill. I told Brian, I was like, you know, I'm just going to chill. You know, I'm just gonna do my thing. I don't, I don't have it like I used to. Mm. As soon as the beat dropped, it's like it was scratching an itch, and I was right back to Big rage UT days. I had a good time.
0: You were, you were, you were there with your I had friends. Had a
1: fantastic time.
0: I saw you guys on the yeah, boat. Yeah, you
1: know, and I saw you we on the boat. Mm-hmm. Some of us didn't make it. A lot of girls got sick. Uh, really? Cuz we partied the night before. Right. And then we went on the boat that next morning. But it was great. I saw people in Austin. You know, some people are still doing the same thing that they were 15, 16, 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was so good to see old faces.
0: Right. It I love it. I missed it. It like that's always cool. Like when you see people and they're that and they're the same, but at the same time it's always like, damn, you really are. This is like your shit. You fucking this is the shit you fucking with. It's cool. I love it. Uh so you um, you uh, you were on the boat. Who got sick on the boat? Name names.
1: The bride to be.
0: Mm
1: hmm. Good for her. Um, her niece. You. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how I'm in here. Jade. Jade. Delaney. Yeah. And Haley. Jay they all thing. got sick.
0: What? And they got sick. So when they got sick, what did they? Did anybody fall off the boat into the water?
1: No, we got in the water.
0: Y'all got in we the water because this what? was this
1: was this was Lake Travis. This was one of those spots where you can like tie your boats up together, and it's like you can go from boat to boat. We didn't do that, but you get in the water, you float around. You know, I've it's never.
0: I've never experienced a a boat, boat, boat to boat party. I've never gone boat to boat. I've never. I I did
1: not this time.
0: Mm -hmm. You've done it before, though, like Havasu.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you tie your boats together and it's like you can just go and it's different music, different, different vibes, different people, different alcohol, different. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 an experience because everybody's celebrating something different. So it's like bachelorettes, bachelors you know, friends just celebrating the holiday weekend. Right. It's just like
0: people come like, every week. It's just fun. It's, so it's like Havasu is like Bachelorette. It's like uh, your spring break. It's like celebrating Trump as president. It's like all of those well, things Well, there was back one boat back.
1: that was not linked to anybody.
0: Yeah, of course. And that boat, that boat had was... a Blue
1: Lives Matter flag Yeah. and a Trump flag.
0: Yeah, a blue line. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And, a Texas, and, a Texas, and a Texas flag.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That
1: boat stood alone.
0: Right. You didn't go over there? Why would you let political differences stop you from hanging out with somebody? What if they were? They didn't look like
1: they were having a good time. They didn't look like they were celebrating in the same way. They might have been nice. Who knows? But I wasn't the only one. There might have been fifty plus boats on that water. Right. Nobody linked up with them.
0: Right, because they don't want to be implicated. They don't want to be implicated in the next capital insurrection. So, you go on that boat, and then the next time the Capitol gets overrun, they go, Oh, you are hanging out with that person. Boom, FBI background check. Nobody wants those kinds of troubles in life.
1: I don't even know where some of these people get this type of stuff. The flag was like Trump's face with eagles and like an American flag and like this, like this, like a super world background, like atmosphere. I'm like, Who's making this kind of stuff? Where are you purchasing this? It Mm. wasn't like he was like, make America great again. I don't know. They weren't, listen, we weren't worried about them because we were having our own
0: fun. Having a good time. Having a good time. That's amazing. That is amazing. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's.
2: Thomas's presents Pondering
0: the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox
1: of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for
0: spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right. Uh, look, a lot of stuff has been happening. Really not. It's actually not true. It's like there's not a whole ton of shit to talk about. We should be real. Okay. But there is something that we do want to, uh, to uh, to discuss with you guys. It is the... 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Now, that anniversary has already passed. Okay. Um, As this podcast will go up, that anniversary has passed. But it was a couple of days ago that marks the centennial of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Now, I'm sure that most of the people listening to this podcast are aware of what happened uh, in Tulsa uh, those 100 years ago. You had black people which had their thriving economically independent community burned, looted, destroyed uh, by a marauding group of white supremacists who used uh, a false accusation to justify going in and killing black people for simply being successful. Um, It was uh, something that really robbed That state, that area of a lot of the economic stability that might have lasted generations because they destroyed Mm -hmm. this amazing community. Um, Joe Biden issued a proclamation on Monday morning that said the federal government must reckon with and acknowledge the role that it has played in stripping wealth and opportunity from black communities. The Biden-Harris administration is committed to acknowledging the role the federal government played in Greenwood. And other black communities, and addressing the long-standing racial inequalities through history, uh, through historic investments in the economic security and children uh, of children and families, should I say? um So, I think what you're having now is, or well, more than ever, people are recognizing some of the ways that I put it to you like this. The Situation in Tulsa, the situation in Rosewood uh, places It also happened in places like North Carolina They cut Mm -hmm. directly against the narrative That black people didn't start their own communities Didn't start their own economies Didn't start their own American identities And what we did was we fought to wait for handouts Is that we in some way fought to wait For the white man to come in and give us anything The the reality is that uh, in many places we had started to build our own. We bu- We had not started to build. We built our own, and okay. we kept running up into a very, very uh, familiar problem of white supremacists who were violent to us both economically, physically, and environmentally. So, uh, I'm glad to see the Tulsa massacre finally started to become finally start to become um, a mainstream talking point. But once again, I wonder why an, an event in American history so sinister and so tragic has taken this long to be understood and this long to be discussed. So um, this is the 100 year anniversary and, you know, we've seen it play out in pop culture. It was a big part of the Watchmen story arc. We've seen different people there. you know, Hollywood's got on it and now Hollywood is, of course, turning it into something that they can package, and, that can package and they can sell. But it's important to know what it's been like historically for for, for Black people in this country. Um, yeah. And this is just one example of that.
1: No, I mean, I think it brings up a good point of what it is that we're teaching kids in school. I did not learn about the Tulsa massacre until years later mm-hmm. in life, which is embarrassing to even admit. You know, whether it was that I wasn't taught in school or seeking it out myself, whatever the reason may be, I didn't know about it. And I know I'm not alone. A lot of people didn't. And when you hear these stories of Black Wall Street and Black wealth and how we were self-sufficient and what we were able to do when things weren't being taken away from us. And then just even the aftermath, like I was listening to the story of the oldest survivor. I don't know if you, or I was reading the story about the oldest survivor and just to hear her story of her childhood memories of what it was like to grow up in that type of community. Then to have it all stripped away. They went from owning their own businesses to being sharecroppers Yeah. to, to they're trying to file insurance claims and trying to file lawsuits to what happened. And they're constantly denied. They were forced out. And then you hear about, how they, for generations and generations, how this has affected them. So when they're fighting for, when I hear like the mayor of Tulsa talk about that was a hundred years ago and we shouldn't be held you know, accountable for what happened a hundred years ago for people who aren't even alive anymore. It's just ridiculous when you see that what has happened over generations and generations of how they haven't been able to overcome economically what happened to them, what was taken from them. Um, it's really interesting. So for the people who might have be have that perspective of the mayor in Tulsa, I suggest that you listen to some of these stories of what people have gone through, what their kids, their grandkids, their great grandkids are currently going through because of what happened and was taken away from them a hundred years ago. Um, it's really interesting. And yeah. just educate yourself on what's happening. Because although the, it happened yesterday, it was today, a hundred years ago that they woke up and they saw the aftermath. The bodies in the street, the businesses still burning the next day, having to run out of town and go to the next place, trying to look for work and reestablish what they lost, which most of them never did.
0: Mm. So well said. So prof- I'm reading something by Professor uh, Alicia O'Dell, who has estimated that the losses um were at between fifty and one hundred million dollars. Oh. Uh and most of the insurance claims, like you said, were were never paid out. Uh insurance companies weren't held responsible their, the insurance wasn't responsible uh for the riots what they said. It was a study done by Harvard. So um it, nobody really knows how many people were killed, but uh a, a lot of people who earn wages for their family uh were 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 killed a lot of the economic bedrocks of families were killed um before this there were 20 black doctors 68 teachers and eight black attorneys living in tulsa there were four grocery stores baker's grocery the north greenwood grocery store the tip top grocery store so that tells you right there four grocery stores to serve one area tells you that the area is economically bustling right especially if it's a relatively small area. There was a drugstore, Ferguson's Drugstore, the Color Insurance Association, so they had their own insurance, the Pig Bond Taxi Line, 10 tailor Shops, five restaurants, a furniture store, a chiropractor's office. All right, so I want you to look at how well-rounded a community that is. And I want you to think to some of the narratives that we deal with in terms of why there aren't any thriving Black communities, why Black, Black, Black people don't have communities that look and by the way this wasn't a one-off in Tulsa like to be honest with you some of these places were killed by outright violence and then there were other slower deaths that some of these places died you know some of this has to do with capitalism and globalization in places like Detroit When Americans up there lost jobs A lot of those jobs that that were lost Were to working black Americans Who were trying to We are as affected or more affected uh, By hypercapitalism at the top of the American economic food chain And things of that nature So I just want people to know That You hear narratives in America About what we're incapable of And those same narratives Refuse to point out like what it was And what it is that we're up against Now we're going to have to figure this out for ourselves and it doesn't make any sense to sit back and complain about it uh, day in and day out. It doesn't. But I think it's very important to contextualize what black American life has had to face here in this country and what and who we've had to face. And the reality is that, uh, whether whoever you listen to, white supremacy has been not just a, a passive and invisible enemy. It's been a gigantic, hulking demon. Uh And at a certain point, that demon kind of weighs into a room and you can't see it. And at a certain point, it grabs a fucking torch and burns down everything right before your very eyes. And we're talking about people who lost their lives and their businesses. And and that community, in that way that it existed, never recovered.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, lot, the 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 town was already divided by a railroad, black mm-hmm. blacks on one side, whites on one side. They never it it it, it never it's still that same way. But mm-hmm. when I when I think about the Tulsa massacre, and I just think about how we didn't, a lot of people didn't know about it. We weren't taught about it. We weren't. It's this mentality that has existed since we've been in this country to think of, for us to think of ourselves a certain way. Just like when we when we talk about slavery, it's like you think. You're taught about how you came to this country as slaves. Black people became slaves. We're not taught that we were kings and queens and chiefs and doctors and all of this that were turned into slaves. We're just taught to start thinking from slavery. Same thing when it comes, and it's this mentality to keep us down. We're not taught about how we were politicians and business owners and all these things. We're not taught about a massacre that stripped all that away from us. We're just more so taught about how, like, in a way to keep us down. And I think that's what's so troubling. And So when I think about Tulsa, I think about also how we were taught about how we first came to this country. It's really troubling. And I'm I'm glad it is coming to light because of this narrative that has been created about how Black people are in this country in a negative way. Mm.
0: 1,256 homes were raised in the uh, terrorist event in Tulsa. Another 215 were looted. 215 what? Another 215 homes were looted. 1200, 1256 homes were destroyed.
1: Hundred At least 191 black-owned businesses. 191. At least were destroyed.
0: Hmm. Telling you guys. I'm telling you, it's not the only place that it happened. There were race, there were uh, racial situations like this in places like Atlanta, places like Rosewood, North Carolina. New York uh, City. New York, it, it, it it's uh you guys it it's not it's not cryberry stuff, it's history and it's symptoms of the larger problem and when we look at these things and when you're when you're talking to black people or you're talking to people in general who want to see a different america they're asking for systemic change the reason why they're asking for systemic change is because the only way to close some of these gaps and right some of these wrongs is on purpose because these problems were created on purpose and even when we even when we america our way out of them cuz that's what this is right this is an ex this is an example of people American their way out of the fact that their ancestors were slaves. Okay? That's what they did. Yeah. They America yeah. their way out of the it. The dream. The dream. They the said, dream. "Hey, you know what we can do? We can do it on our own. America, Well, we will come together, we'll build our own little like there was only a 5 point difference in home ownership between white Tulsans and black Tulsans. 5 point difference. Five points. They were right there with them. They were right there competing, right there doing their thing. And they got their community destroyed. And then, secondly, America didn't even remember them.
2: Oh.
0: For a long time, acted like it was all our fault. America has been gaslighting black people huh. to a degree that I can't even begin to make you guys understand it's so exhausting it's it's so exhausting trying to like trying to yeah. do this to have somebody with a, like a like a gun to your head telling you you ain't shit unless, <laughs> unless you move right right like you got it is just it's just weird it's like weird it's kind of it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing so, and people
1: need to think about why are they hiding it Why are we talking about it Why don't you want us to know what happened Why don't you want us to know about black wealth Black wall street Black mm-hmm. politicians Why mm-hmm. Why are you keeping that from us
0: Well now un- Unremarkably Right like un- Obviously to be expected Earnings steadily declined for black households Heads in Tulsa From 1920 to 1930 to 1940 Alright so you move the economic base of a group of people, they are going to struggle to find their way now in, in rebuilding. Uh, it, it In other places, there's a great article about it that shows how specifically the events in Tulsa uh, affected the black community there. And I want you to think about that because you're saying, hey, this is one place, this is one group, this is one event. But think about what happens when people... Stop becoming economically self-sufficient in America, right? Number one, there's something that people don't get is the city of Tulsa itself suffered.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what that's that, that's what that's what white supremacy can't see is that Tulsa itself would have been a better economic city had a huge portion of the city's economic base been left to prosper. White supremacy costs Absolutely. America, but like hate, as, as a, a lot of times is is bigger than being pragmatic about things. Right, It's bigger than mm-hmm. than, than than being smart about them. But right. in all of these areas where uh, Black Americans uh, are redlined out of home ownership, or 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 econ- have suffer economic or environmental terrorism. That means that you're making less productive members of society. Systemically, you're doing that, which means we're not getting the capitalization off American individuals that we should be getting.
2: Oh.
0: So uh, and then, you know. If you had that viable part of Tulsa, who who knows how big of a place Tulsa is, who knows how that affects the economy of Oklahoma, then you have people that with that base go to different schools they move away who knows how many lives how many lives were affected by the people that were killed and the businesses that were destroyed 100 years ago
1: well i read that other black people were watching what was happening in tulsa and tulsa was becoming an example of what black people can do and how they can prosper and how they can succeed and that's what they shut down so what do you think them getting what happened with Tulsa and them getting that neighborhood getting wiped out and businesses being taken away and people had to flee. What kind of message, if Prosperous Tulsa was sending a message to black people, then them getting completely eliminated, what do you think that sent a message to black people t- what to up. do?
0: Talk your shit. It's, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. <clears throat> Don't be loud around white people. Don't be Don't opinionated your- about white people. Yep. And definitely... Advice. Don't be prosperous around them. Mm-hmm. Don't let them know what you got. So uh, right now, I want to think about those people. I want to think about the individual human lives that were lost because beyond anything economically or, or systemically that would have benefited all of us, benefited me, benefited you, benefited uh, America itself, the top priority has to be the fact that for no reason people were killed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And... Those lives are lives that you can never get back, and we have to always remember them first. Uh, But I will say that American history exists as it stands. And sugarcoating it and talking quietly around it, none of those things are going to change what it is that we have to deal with now. So to the mayor of Tulsa, to everyone that wants to kill the 1619 Project everyone who wants to exist uh, that everyone who wants to pretend like we were dropped into the ex- existence uh, and chose to be um, poor and chose to live in food d- deserts and that we're blindless savages with no other with, with no set of skills and no aspirations to be anything better uh it's bullshit right that's just exactly. it exactly it's bullshit and the next Tulsa, the next Rosewood, whatever it is and however it looks, you come for us the next time, we're going to take a chunk out of your ass. <laughs> and that's that. We've learned those lessons. Doesn't matter how it goes. When I say that, uh, no matter how it goes, it's the way that it's going to go. So that means if we have to take a chunk out of your ass economically, politically, whatever it is, we're... We're here now, we're loud, we're sitting, and not just us, a diverse coalition of allies is with us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're not going to let the police off the hook. We're not going to let the American government off the hook. Nobody's being let off the hook. We are going to become free in America. Equal citizenship will occur. Or else the dysfunction will go through the roof. So Right. Uh, that's not what anybody wants. Come on, let's have some fun. You know what we want? Woo! That's not what we want, Rach. Woo! Uh, woo! Woo! Uh, I mean, that's not what we want. We're gonna figure it out together. I was getting a little bit. I was getting a little somber right then. I was thinking about all those people who died for no reason, other than the fact they were black, and it was making Somebody me sad.
1: because this country didn't. So. Did you?
0: Did you hear me getting more militant? I just threatened America, but, yeah, but you know what? I just, I, I just threatened America, but now I'm here. I'm back. I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Let's have some fun. You we can do said, it together.
1: I just heard you say you're going to stand up for yourself. That's all I heard.
0: Yeah. I'm stand up for myself. I'm going to do it. I was mad and I'm still mad, but it's me, Van, you know, <laughs> come on guys. Let's have a good time. Woo. Rachel. Woo! We, we, exactly. That's us. <laughs> Don't fuck Listen, with us, though. I'm glad, don't fuck I'm glad with us. We
1: are bringing recognition, right. though, to what happened hundred mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. So you know, we like to have fun, term, but we need to talk about
0: it. We don't. Don't. Don't, don't stop fucking with us.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> okay, everybody listening, <laughs> we love you. Now we'll get together. We'll we'll all go on the boat together. Stop fucking with us.
2: All
1: right.
0: <laughs> Our answers went way through that. We're not going through it again. I just. I just. Did you notice? Have you ever noticed that my nose is crooked?
1: No look, man it doesn't look crooked to me. My nose
0: points to the right mm.
1: it, it it doesn't look crooked to me but...
0: I'll tell you something. I tell you something about people and it's it's like you know people talk about your parents and all of the good stuff that your parents gave you right mm-hmm. I didn't ask for a crooked nose.
1: who has a crooked nose?
0: I have a crooked nose. did and you get
1: it from someone?
0: It would have had to have been from my either of my parents. Like, you know, it's their fault.
1: It Was it an old injury? You ever been hitting the nose before?
0: Yeah, but that is not what happened.
1: First of all, I don't even know why I'm entertaining this because I don't see a crooked nose. It's definitely so crooked. Not,
0: so I guess my thing is... Turn, turn. Like, see? This is crooked.
1: Yeah, I see nothing. I see okay, nothing. So Stop. here's the thing.
0: <laughs> Can you Can't you blame your parents for stuff like this too?
1: Well, d- DNA... The blood, it doesn't mean that it directly came from your parents You could have gotten it from a grandparent A great grandparent Don't just put that on them
0: Aren't those still my parents technically though?
1: I mean I guess, but it's not like directly from them Like It's not their fault that their parent Gave it to you
0: let me ask you a question Once again
1: let, there is no crooking. i'm not doing this it's i'm not crooked. i'm not <laughs> let
0: us let's, let's just say that there was a way that you could fix aspects about your dna that you could manipulate let's say that you and brandon uh brandon Ooh, brian, i love brandon Ooh, what about who's uh, brandon brandon, <laughs> brandon, who's brandon? Like, stop cut take
1: <laughs> don't be getting me in trouble
0: right let's <laughs> say that you and brian you and brian could like because they have, they're talking about this whole thing with designer kids, right? You can sit oh, down yeah. and let's say that I wouldn't you do it. Why? You wouldn't?
1: No. I, I wouldn't. don't wanna play God in that way. But how is I don't it? But how is it playing? Is
0: that playing God though?
1: So I'm designing my kid in a pantry yeah. dish? Yeah, how's that like, playing it's God? It's one thing if you have fertility issues and you're trying to conceive and you need assistance. It's a whole other thing that you're like, I want this and I want this. And I just I don't I know. I just so I just let it happen the way.
0: Is it playing God to take your diabetes medication? No. What's the difference?
1: You're just trying to monitor your health. You're your assistance.
0: Mo- You're using but- the science that is available at the time. Okay, so science to prolong to me is not- your life.
1: Fine. You do that. You pick out your child. I would. I don't want to take away from my natural features. You know what I mean. If yeah. my baby has a gap, let that gap shine. I'm if it's got big lips and a big nose and big eyes and a big head, because that's all me, mm-hmm. let them have it.
0: I wouldn't be. Con- I wouldn't be concerned with beauty. That's not what I would be concerned with.
1: You want it- to control their personality?
0: Yeah, that's what I would be. You know what and what would you do? I would make. I would make the baby into. Hashtag cool baby, cause I'm not cool, you know. You don't think you're cool. I'm very emotional. I'm neurotic. Okay, I have an anxiety disorder. You mean chill? But my baby would be hashtag cool baby, you know. Chill. Chill. I get what you're saying. Like not like you're
1: like not cool, but like.
0: I'm not really chill. cool. Like I'm like I'm the guy I'm the guy that comes to the party and it's like
1: everybody up,
0: time to dance. Woo! You know what I mean? I and actually
1: am that person as well.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Like I'm I'm the I'm the dude that walks by people who he doesn't know, slaps them on the knee and goes, "Yo, you look like you're not having a good time. What the fuck is wrong? You need a drink?" So, like I'm so I'm not and then I give all that I give all that energy to a situation and then after the energy has dissipated, I'm like, "Well, I'm out." And then I just leave. And nobody, and people go, (laughs) they didn't even say goodbye. I just, I I go as hard as I can for as long as I can, then I'm out. But hashtag cool baby would be different. Hashtag cool baby. My son or daughter, my daughter or son, would walk into a place and play the background and be mysterious, okay? It'd be mysterious sitting in the background drinking a cool drink, like a- um,
1: Drinking a cool
2: drink.
0: Like a martini. I never could drink like a martini. Cause it's too cool of a drink for me, you know. Like I taste a martini, are... I, t- I taste a martini, and I'm like, ew, How like could you drink? You
1: this? Think about these things to yourself, and then you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm gonna have these discussions on the podcast, even though I don't want to.
0: Hashtag... I don't want to talk
1: about hashtag cool, baby. You do. I talk...
0: <laughs> no, think I about know. it. Do you? you Let me ask you a question. To talk
1: about hashtag cool, baby. For some reason, you think the podcast is where you can unleash all these thoughts and have these conversations.
0: I- have you ever drank? a martini before yes do you like them no see
1: the, the see nothing
2: man so
0: like,
1: see, no, uh, no like nothing.
0: we like we are the same like no. we are definitely the same you don't like a martini because it doesn't taste That's, right and i tell you straight up I, I, but people drink a martini and they look cool and like for me i'm sitting back there and i got and they're like what are you drinking and i'm like this is a lemon drop and it's just wow not a,
1: you are not cool
0: See? Like but it tastes, <laughs> good, to cool. it tastes <laughs> good to me it tastes good to me I like a lemon drop it tastes good to me but hashtag cool baby would be different ripped jeans you know ripped jeans and a martini like you know what I mean like your
1: cool is subjective like this is not this these are you're thinking these this is what makes you cool but that's okay man
0: let me tell you what you have let, your
1: hashtag cool baby
0: let me tell you last thing I'll say about hashtag cool baby let me tell you who hashtag cool baby will be modeled after Except taller, because I can't have no short people. Hashtag cool baby. No. Shout out to all
1: the short people. Shout out to
0: the short people. They have their place, but not in my family. Um. Uh. I, I, like hashtag like hashtag cool baby will be modeled after Lenny Kravitz.
1: Say no more. Say no more. That's the I got cool- you. Somebody. The somebody coolest. this weekend asked me the what's coolest. the best interview I've had on Extra, and I was like, Lenny Kravitz, hands down. He was so cool, wearing a leather jacket in the Bahamas. So cool, only Lady Kravitz could do that.
0: Man, can I ask you a question? Got... How come you always gotta make shit about extra, man? Nigga don't care about no motherfucking extra around here. This is high learning. Like people, people. Every time you keep bringing up extra, extra, extra. I do not all bring up
1: it. extra. Okay,
0: first for... you, you keep I bringing do up not... extra. I was like, niggas, so- like, hey, you know what? I had on extra. I had to do this for extra. I had to do that for extra. Niggas round here listening. Okay, they people- first of
1: all, that is my day job. I do it every day. Mm-hmm. So it naturally comes up in conversation. Yeah, yeah. Nobody asked you to talk about hashtag cool baby. Nobody asked you to talk about aliens like you do. That's Nobody true. asked you to to name drop all your friends like you do. Oh, wow. Nobody asked you to keep That's bringing up Joe Budden, Rory, and Ma. Ooh. Nobody wow. asked you to keep doing these things. Yet we wow. talk about them on the podcast. Don't do me, Van Lathan. Don't true. do me.
0: Like on a redirect, I lost objection Sustain, Your Honor. Rachel Lindsay, that was <laughs> that was Attorney Rach right there. It just came in on the redirect. And blew that whole argument Look, these up.
1: These terms that you're using came in on the redirect. Attorney,
0: is that what that means? <laughs> is that the redirect? Like what what not I boring. love lawyer shit. I love it. Because it's be, like
1: because it plays out great on TV, but in real yeah. life, court is boring. Court is not that interesting. It's long, it's tedious. Oh. Like, it's not that fun. Sorry you, folks.
0: So so is that what a redirect is? Is that what it is? Like you what is a no, redirect?
1: A redirect is when like one side presents their case. Let's just mm-hmm. say the prosecution does their case. The okay. defense comes up and does a cross-examine. And then the prosecution comes back and they redirect. Like they ask them a question. All
0: right, real they quick. Ask more Did you ever go in court? Did you ever do a trial?
1: I was in trial when they announced me as the bachelorette.
0: Yeah, you just fucking left I the was, trial.
1: I left. I had done a direct of of a expert witness. It was a crazy trial, too. An expert. This was actually interesting. Civil litigation normally is not. This mm-hmm. was. I did a um, redirect. I'm not redirect. Got me talking like this. A direct examination of an expert left to go announce on Jimmy Kimmel that I was the Bachelorette. Then flew to New York to do GMA crazy. to have that conversation. Flew back to meet with the jury to hear their verdict.
0: Just sold out the justice system to be on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. <laughs> it's crazy. Like you got probably got a text right in the middle of the uh, the witness. <laughs> taking down a corporation going, hey, this is like my my environmental rights have been. And you're like, oh, shit. Hey, hey, (laughs) hey, hey, I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to hold you. I know you got a story (laughs) of how you got fucked over by the insurance company and they put lead in the water. I'm not going to hold you, but I got to go do Jimmy Kimmel. Like, seriously, (laughs) I'm not going to hold you, but I'm out. All right. I will
1: say that the judge was mad. Because right. they all the jury saw me on GMA and they were like, "Wait, isn't that our attorney? What's up?" She's like, "Why didn't you say anything?" I was like, "We asked the jury and boy Dyer if they know Rachel Lindsay. They said no." Right. What else Maybe, are you supposed,
0: supposed to do? Well, I'm not going to hold you, Judge. Get the fuck out of my face. I'm about to go make <laughs> millions. You know what I'm saying? Get out of here. Care about you. Peace. Justice system. I'm out. You know, you can sue this insurance company later, man. You need to. Hey, probably you probably was like when you was walking out the court. You probably was like, you need to settle.
1: Because you're not going to win I'm out Actually I don't even know if I could talk about that case But that's a very interesting case
0: It was, I'm sure it was Alright, let's take a break
1: This episode is brought to you by Thomas's
2: Thomas's presents Pondering
1: the Bagel with Tom Oh the paradox of the bagel Tis crunchy yet soft Tis filling yet has a hole Tis a vehicle for spreads But only travels from toaster to plate (laughs)
0: Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Uh, so big things happening in the world of tennis. Uh, Naomi Osaka has yeah. withdrew from the French Open. Now, she's citing her well-being for this. Uh, so some time ago, Naomi said that she would not speak to the media during the, uh, the French Open. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to talk to the media. Um, And after this, I guess the other Grand Slam organizations had sort of started to collude to find her and maybe suspend her, maybe stop her from playing in these other Grand Slams because um, she was refusing to speak to the media. They were making a big deal about this. So to combat this, Naomi Osaka has completely dropped out of the... uh, the French open she's now not going to play Piers Morgan always mm. uh very you know he's always got a lot of compassion he's always thought nice of that, that that Piers Morgan has said that she is an arrogant spoiled brat okay so they were fining her for not speaking to the media then it started to be like they were going to suspend her and stop her from playing in grand slams Talking to the media is normally, in any of these sports, a part of your job. People think that talking to the media when you're an NBA player or you're in some of these sports is elective. It's actually normally a part of your job. It's normally you're contractually obligated to talk to the media. So there is a school of thought here to say that Naomi Osaka is not doing part of her job by not talking to the media. Um. Where do you stand on this? She's obviously doing something she feels like she has to do for her well-being and her mental health. Uh she doesn't want to be chewed up and spit out by the media machine in this to this degree anymore. So I guess I'd ask you what what do you think about this in its totality as far as what what you what you know.
1: Well, I I stand on the side of Naomi because I the, when I hear a Pierce Morgan say things like she's a spoiled brat, you're obviously not taking into consideration the deeper meaning behind it. She's not saying that she's tired of talking to the media and she just doesn't feel like it today. She's saying it's a deep-rooted issue with her mental health, which she has spoken out on before about the extreme anxiety that she suffers and depression. She talked about it from 2018, that historic win and how it affected her when people booed her for, for one of the biggest moments in her life. She has been... I don't want to say she's talking about a great lens, but she talked about it enough where we know that this is an issue with her. She has even had to come out and apologize for the way that she has handled a situation when it is in regards to her mental health. This is ridiculous. I understand that that might be a part of the sport where you are required to talk to the media, but there has to be some sort of common ground that we can take into consideration when it comes to dealing with mental health. Mental health is... There's a huge push behind mental health as is right now in this country. And and now that we are more aware of what it means and how it affects and impacts people, we should be taking that into consideration when it comes to athletes. I feel like a lot of times people look at athletes as superhuman and invincible. And Naomi is here telling people she is vulnerable. She suffers from this and she's going through it right now. And she would not like to subject herself to the media. I'm part of the media and I'm against What's happening right now? I am for Naomi and I'm against it. And on the entertainment side, I don't understand why. that That is not the same rule. Entertainers are not required to speak to the media. People ignore us on red carpets. Uh, big stars don't attend press junkets when they're promoting their their film or whatever it may be, a new TV series. So, I don't understand why athletes are subjected to a different rule. There has to be some sort of common ground where we can take into consideration someone's mental well being. I mean, how, and, and, and just, I, I'm losing my train of thought, but there has to be some sort of men, uh, common ground where we can take into consideration what somebody is going through personally to, to honor their mental health instead of honoring a question in a media conference. Mm. Well, you know I will
0: say saying? that sometimes actors are contractually obligated to do media as part of promotions to movies and film. I know that they're uh, a lot
1: I'm, of times they're not. Not right now.
0: I mean, sometimes they are though. Like a lot of times if you're if you're promoting Shh, if you're working something. for Disney, right, and you're in the Avengers movie, you're not going to be able to tell Disney that you're not going to do Jimmy Fallon. You're going to have to do the, the you're going to have to do it, okay? So it's part of the job. So a lot of times
1: Okay, but, but selected media, right? Like they're, they're selecting the media She has to attend, go in, and, and uh, get asked questions in a press conference, right? Right They're selecting the type of media that they want to choose right. She's not, she doesn't get to do that Right I don't think that that's fair
0: Well, how is it not fair?
1: it depends the reason why she's saying she doesn't want to speak to the media right so if she's just like i'm in a mood no but right. if it's a mental health issue then yes
0: yeah but so here's my thing you you, you always prioritize your mental health number 1 right. if you can't do it you can't do it and we should say that uh grand slam tournaments has just like literally just put out a statement this is the statement on behalf of grand slams we wish to offer Naomi Osaka our support and assistance in any way possible as she takes time away from the court she's an exceptional athlete and we look forward to her return as soon as she deems appropriate mental health is a very challenging issue which deserves our utmost attention it is both complex and personal as what affects one individual does not necessarily affect another we commend Naomi for sharing in her own words the pressures and anxieties she's feeling. We empathize with the unique pressures tennis players may face. While players' well-being has always been a priority to the Grand Slams, our intention together with the WTA, the ATP, and the ITF is to advance mental health and well-being through further actions. Together as a community, we will continue to improve the player experience at our tournaments as it relates including as it relates to the media. Change should come through the lens of maintaining a fair playing field, regardless of ranking or status. Sport requires and rules and regulations to ensure that no player has an unfair advantage over the other. We intend to work alongside the players, the tours, the media, and the broader tennis community to create meaningful improvements. So Grand Slams, we aim to create the stage for the players to achieve the highest accolades in our sport. Okay. So here's the thing. For me, What I've learned is when I can't do it, I can't do it. Naomi Osaka has uh, she, by right of human birth, has earned the right of self-care. When you're born into the world, onto the planet, you have earned the right of self-care. There's nothing else that you need to do. There's not, you don't have to work specifically hard. By being human, you've earned the right of self-care. Okay, um, so, but there is a component of this to where this is a requirement of her job. And the reason why it makes sense for her to take time away is because she needs to be able to decide for herself whether or not there's one portion of her job that makes it too hard for her to do it, right? Right like that she needs to decide whether or not she can do that whether or not because speaking to the media is too big of a part of all of these sports for athletes to not do it like you you if you even like with Kyrie Irving right or anybody else i support anybody right. who decides that they have to not do something for their mental health but it is a part of their job it's like it it it's a it's a it's, it would have been like when I was at TMZ, me going, hey, I'm not going to be on camera today. Like, okay, if I can't be on camera today, then that's a decision I'm making for myself and my mental health. But the company is looking at that like, hey, you signed a contract. It's part of your job to be on camera. If being on camera is too stressful for you, then there might be a point to where you have to do something else. And so... And so, to me, that's a that's a thing. You prioritize your mental health first, beyond anything. But sometimes prioritizing your mental health means that there are sacrifices that you have to make, and things so that you have to decide you tennis? can't do.
1: She can't play tennis because she can't talk to the media. Is that the other? Is that the option? The other option?
0: What I'm telling you is, unless they change things, yeah,
1: that would be insane. That arguably. The greatest tennis <clears throat> female tennis player right now
2: mm-hmm.
1: can't do her craft because she can't talk to the media. There has to be some sort of, she gets to talk to select media. Maybe she doesn't sit on stage in a press conference. Maybe it's in a private room. Maybe it's audio instead of a camera. There's got to be something. And maybe she... Has to talk to five, she has to do it a certain way five times out of the year a five whatever it may be big tournaments I'm not sure there has to be something else rather than it's either this or it's this and nothing in between. Well,
0: if it is something else, it would have to be something else for everyone, right? Because
1: everyone has the option. Sure, why not?
0: Right. So if you're asking me why do players have to talk to the media, I don't understand it as much in 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 uh, in tennis. But in the other sports, I get it The fan experience is a part of the game And talking to the media about the game Or about whatever whatever happened Is the players communicating directly to People who want to cover and write about the game Because there's a whole economy that exists outside Of what's actually happening between the lines So the economy that exists outside It helps to make the game bigger storylines make the game bigger like all of these things they make the game bigger right and so players talking to the media and engaging with the media is a part of that experience and it's like something you have to do on your job if you can't do it it would be almost like if Naomi Osaka said and there was a guy there was a guy named Royce White you guys might uh you might remember him I think I want to make sure I'm getting his brother's name right uh, Royce White he was a, uh, he was one of the highest draft picks out of Iowa State that came into the league uh, some time ago right um, he had a severe when I, yeah Royce White he had a severe uh, anxiety disorder he had a severe anxiety disorder right and this was before mental health was something to, to be discussed this was for, before everybody was talking about mental health, right? And the league, the NBA, you know, there was some talk that Roy said he didn't want to fly. There was some talk that Roy said all the, all kinds of things. I'm he says none of. And I'm actually gonna bring him on a podcast so he can tell his story on his own, because uh, he's a very interesting guy to talk to. He said that none of that stuff was true, but that mm. a lot of the mental health things that he had. Um, they the, the nba just couldn't make a, a, enough sort of concessions for him to be able to play in the sport like the question would be what if naomi osaka was too nervous to play in front of fans like what it like it the the question then becomes it and i know that's different because that's definitely that definitely has to do with performance but what i'm saying is she deserves all the support in the world she deserves all the support that i would want in that same situation, knowing how much I had struggled. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but rea- the reality is that at a, at a certain point, that's a part of the job. And if that part of the job is something, and, and so if she can't do that part of the job, then something has to give.
1: But she's not saying she's never going to talk to the media. And that's why I say there's got to be a common ground. We have to be able to take that into consideration and not feel like you have to present them always in front of a mic or a camera. There's got to be another way to reduce it, to limit it, to be able to say, hey, I'm going through this right now. It can't be all the time. She's not saying I never want to talk to the media again. She just said, in this particular moment, I can't handle it right now. And I think that that's fair. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. And I will comment too that that statement that was made is after the fact, after the media attention, after oh, people they criticized got, they it. they definitely got response.
0: pressured into that. Yeah.
1: That should have happened before. And I do understand that there was some, they claimed that they were trying to reach out to, to Naomi. They weren't getting a response from her. But that statement is great. We'll see how they follow up with it. But that's after the fact that they've been heavily criticized for the way that this situation has been handled on their part and the fact that she had to withdraw from this tournament.
0: Well, what they said was that her not speaking to the media gave her an unfair advantage because the rest of the players have to do that. And because the rest of the players. And it, because the rest of the players have to do that. They have to talk to the media about their play. But look, if you don't think that talking to the media really adds anything, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't really care what the players have to say after the game. Only in the biggest games in the world do I tune in to see what the players say after. After the Super Bowl. After the NBA Finals. Game.
1: Or if there's a big event that happened if, in the game. If there's or a big event that like happens that.
0: in the game, I want to know like what it is that they're thinking. You know, I can watch analysts... Yeah drum up the game and talk about the game without the player's participation in it but it's a part of your job and one thing that I try to do is, in order to prioritize my mental health I try to work with people so that like what I'm going through doesn't infringe upon them like there was definitely a time last year well I hit Bill and I hit the people at the ringer and I was like, I can't record next week. Yeah. Like I I like I there was definitely a time when I was like, I can't record next week. Like I need to take I need to take a week, a couple of weeks. Me and this was when me and Jamel were doing um way down in the hole. And they said, sure, we were way up. We were way up. We had recorded a bunch of podcasts. I was like, yo, we were way ahead. I was like, yo, I can't record next week. We had already done it. So they were like, yo, sure, take some time. Take the time that you need. At a certain point, I have to record the podcast again. Yeah. At a certain point, I have to come back. I have to record the podcast. I have to talk about it. I have to do the same things. I have to uh, promote it on Twitter. At a certain point, I have to get back to work. And if I can't do that, then I can't do that. So I guess if there is an outcry, she's not spoiled. She's she's doing what she has to do. And also, she decided that maybe she can't play tennis right now and that's the thing maybe you can't right now do the job but when the job is being done when you're out there you have to make a decision about like w- whether or not you can do all of the parts of it that's just the way i look at that and it's it's tough to say
1: and maybe she's taking the time to figure that out i mean she withdrew which i she wasn't it wasn't like she was like no i'm going to play and this is how it's going to be and i'm not going to do mean she withdrew she didn't want the attention that came with it, and maybe she's taking the time right now to figure out how she can they can come to a middle ground or how she can do both. Mm. Maybe, that, maybe that's it. But all but sadly, this is bringing so much more media attention to her, and that's exactly what she didn't want
0: in all of this. Right. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys: sometimes prioritizing your mental health involves sacrifice. Sometimes there are things that would be beneficial to you things that would like help you and be dope for you and you can't do them because you're sacrificing, you're, you're prioritizing your mental health. It always, it doesn't always work out in your favor, but you, you have to mean more than whatever is on the other side of it. Right. You have to mean Mm -hmm. more. You have to put yourself first. And for Naomi, if putting herself first means that she can't be a tennis player or can't do then that might be something that she has to look at or that that means that she has to lockstep and really go at the 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 organization grand slams the WTP whatever um, or WTA should I say whatever and really force them to make changes that will benefit all the players or have something worked out then she has to kind of figure that out too But it doesn't it's it's not always a situation to where people where you're going to get exactly what you need from outside entities to prioritize your mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, it just Mm -hmm. doesn't it. Sometimes that's not the way, you know, that it works. People need me places and I can't be like, I'm nervous. I don't like to fly. So can we do can we record this on Zoom? They go no van. You got to come out here. You you, got to come out here. Like I can do it on Zoom because I'm afraid to fly. we're gonna get the next guy. You know, so it's the way that it works. But I I wish her nothing but. She's doing the right thing. Yeah. Brain, brain first. Brain first. She's she's doing the right thing. Brain first. Brain and heart first. Okay. Uh. Ooh. Ooh, What? I'm I'm looking at you right now. I'm, I'm wondering if you're uh, if you're dressed appropriately enough. Let me see.
1: For Monique,
0: somebody come. For Monique, I wonder oh. if you're presentable enough for Monique. Let me let me see. What are you wearing? I don't know. I got mm. the, I got basketball
1: shorts you on. Got a basketball sweatshirt
0: Basketball shorts on a sweatshirt. Let me see. You got the hat. But I got a one. but I got
1: a cap, cap on. I got a cap. not my scarf
0: Yeah, but the cap I don't see. I don't think. Let me see. I don't know. Let's let's play Monique sound right now. Let's play Monique sound. Okay, everybody that's watching, you just gotta. You guys just gotta. Uh a shot of Rachel. Let's play Monique's sound right now. Monique. <laughs> Do uh, we need a uh,
1: screenshot?
0: <laughs> like, put up a screenshot. We want to make sure that Rachel's dressed appropriately. Let's see. Like, boom. That's what the fuck I'm talking about, Big Rachel, Get in there. <laughs> play, <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, Donnie, play Monique's sound right now. Play Monique's sound.
2: But
1: I saw so many of our young sisters in head bonnets, scarves, slippers, pajamas, blankets wrapped around them. And this is how they're showing up to the airport. And it, I've been seeing it, not just at the airport. I've been seeing it at the store, at the mall. I've been seeing
2: sisters showing up with these bonnets and head scarves and these slippers. And the
1: question that I'm having to you, my sweet babies, when did we lose pride in representing ourselves?
0: Uh, thank you, Donnie for nothing. Um, <laughs> Okay, so there was Monique is talking about uh her sweet babies, her sweet queens, and saying that in order to be a queen, you gotta look the part. Meaning you can't wear your bonnet out in public. You can't be out here looking all crazy, feeling saying, know what I'm saying. Monique's saying, like, you know, you step out on the scene, you know what I'm saying? You gotta have your shit on on, on par, you feel what I'm saying? Doing your thing. You know, you can't just come through looking all crazy and whatnot. You know, you got your basketball shorts on, you know what I'm saying? You got your cap on, whatever like that. Monique's saying, if you're gonna be a queen, man, you gotta, you know, gotta step out, gotta kinda be a queen out there in the public public eye. You feel what I'm saying? Talk about all that, talking that gangster shit. I feel you, Monique, I feel what you're talking about. Rach, you know, she ain't talking to me. Now I'm a man, so it don't matter what I wear, I'm a king, I pull out, I got a wife beater on, I got whatever. No cologne, lips crusty, nasty dog. I look like a fucking dog, but I'm a I'm a king no matter what. You know what I'm saying, but 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 you, but you,
2: you know what I'm
0: saying you. You got you got you got to look like a queen. What, what, she ain't talking to me, so I ain't got nothing. What, what say you? What say you? What say you?
1: What happened to Monique? <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I, what happened to Monique? She has just steadily done stuff that is just I, I used to love Monique, man. We need Monique to come on the podcast because I have questions for her. As you would say, my sister, what happened? What bothers me the most about this is she's not just talking about the appearance of women. she's talking about black women. Why are you gonna criticize black women? Why are you gonna come at us like that with head scarves and bonnets when you got our counterparts out here with half ponytails out their head or baseball caps, wearing the the, the Nikes the, uh, windbreaker shorts, oversized t-shirts? That's the white girl uniform. I know. I went to Texas. They were wearing it all the time. You're not coming at them for being dressed sloppily like that, wearing pajamas out in public. But you want to come at Black women for wearing scarves and hair bonnets. Isn't the purpose of wearing a scarf and a hair bonnet to maintain your hair so whenever you are getting to your next location that you can be on point? What is the problem with that? I wear a headscarf in public all the time. Matter of fact, when I landed in the airport in Austin due to the humidity, I had a headscarf on my head then. Mm. What is the problem like that if I'm walking around with confidence? Why is a headscarf got to be messed up? Why is a bonnet? The whole point is to preserve your image and your look. I don't like the way that she came after particularly Black women for the way that they want to dress. I think whatever, however you want to dress, and you want to do it with confidence, that is your prerogative to do so. And you shouldn't be criticized by the very woman who looks like you about what you're doing because you want to do it. I can't believe she came out hard like this after Black women she did she's
0: talking about black women so what you're trying to say is you ain't no queen is what you're saying
1: oh according to Monique I'm not but
0: it's crazy. I
1: feel very much so like a queen when I wear a scarf on my head you do I'm cute when I got them a scarf no matter how I'm wearing it
0: yeah but or I bonnet. guess my thing is so this is my thing like I have no I, there's nothing for me to say because one thing that I don't do is I don't get involved in black women's conversations okay I don't get involved. I don't, I think, I think, to me, any time a black woman asks me, do I look like a queen today? Answer, yes. You look
2: like
0: a queen. Yeah, you look like a queen. You're the queen of all Nubia. You are the Empress of Mali. Like, like,
1: it's just, it just, it just reiterates those ideas of like, well, you have to wake up looking perfect all the time. Or, you know, like you're all, as a woman, you always have to look a certain way to be considered put together or looking beautiful. Then you can be beautiful with a bonnet on your head. What is the problem with that? Now, maybe if it was a shower cap, like a plastic shower cap, you know, like sometimes you used to wear back in the day Mm -hmm. in the shower. Maybe that's a little different. That's not what the case is. Bonnets can be beautiful. They got patterns, multicolored.
0: Can I ask you a question? What's the problem? Why, why do we have to care about what other people are wearing? I just don't understand. Ask
1: Monique, don't ask me. But ask I'm not oh,
0: no, look, I'm not this black lady. I'm talking to her like that. You ask her.
1: I'm talking to her.
0: You t- ooh.
1: I don't know why she I just I just mm, spicy. I can daddy. only I, <laughs> <It's> spicy. <laughs> spicy I, now, I don't know daddy. if she was just on one. I don't know if she needed some attention. This this week you coming hard at Monique?
0: You about to get you? She gonna see this? Monique
1: came hard at me. She came hard at me. Why? Rachel had her scarf on in the airport. Rachel wears her scarf in public. Like she came hard at a whole group. She offended a whole group of entire women and basically told us we don't have self worth because we don't come out every single time we step out the house with our hair done and put together. Why are you placing those stereotypes on us like that? Yes, I'm coming in, Monique. She she shot first. I'm just shooting back.
0: Mm. So you want to talk to Monique about this? You want to talk to Monique about what has quote unquote happened to me? And when
1: she comes on, I'm gonna have straight. I'm a scarf around my head. You know, I'm wearing a scarf on a podcast. You made me pull it off. You remember that? Let me see your natural hair. I just wanted to see.
0: I just wanted to see, was, wanted to see if your hair was gonna come off with the scarf. If the scarf was attached to I don't to your have
1: hair. I don't have extensions in there. I wanted to see
0: if you pulled the scarf off if the hair was gonna come with it. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, to me, I'm so used to the scarf look that it doesn't it's like not a thing. To me the, I love
1: that people normalize it. To yeah. me, the woman
0: only loves you when she when you see her in the scarf. We know that.
1: Thank
0: you. We know that, man. We know Thank you know, you. y'all saved a good match and set for when it's about to go down. But when you see that mismatch set, that's when you know that you ain't good with the lady. <laughs> she loves you. She trusts. She you. She trusts yeah. you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I think it's, me personally. I think it's a, the a queen is in the spirit and the soul of of who you are, right? And if you are a queen, can't no say fam. Can't no accessory take it away from you. But once again, Monique, we should
1: have asked Cat about that.
0: We should have asked Cat about <laughs> it. We should have shout out to Cat. Cat Williams will be on the podcast soon. We just did a great interview with him. We should have asked Cat about that. So I guess my thing is with Monique. Yo, man, it's a lot of us out here mad at Monique. Rachel, you you call Monique out. You want her on the podcast? I, I can't wait. Come on, like we should try to get Monique and see if Monique has something to say to Rachel, and have a queen off. That's what they'll be called the the uh, the higher learning queen off. Monique and Monique was in her role when she did the video too.
1: get out of here with that but come on the podcast though Monique come Come on 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 the the podcast podcast. Monique come on let's talk it out people want to talk talk
0: about it people want to talk about
1: it. let me break you from these stereotypical chains that you got you you, go you go
0: that that are are
1: holding you I'm a free Monique
0: hashtag hashtag free Monique hashtag free Monique put that out there guys all the thought warriors hashtag free monique uh rachel trying to free monique from these these shackles these these shackles of patriarchy um <laughs> all right uh let's take a break real quick Look, yo look this is one of the most interesting stories i have seen on the old <laughs> Twitter sphere recently do you know who ellie kemper is i do Ellie Kemper was on The Office, and then she was on that show that I kept trying to watch but couldn't get into, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She is 41 years old, okay? She's 41 years old. Apparently, she was 19. uh, She was involved in something. Now, there's a Twitter account that put this out. Twitter user, here is my spout posted a thread, and this was the sentence of the thread. The leading sentence. Ellie Kemper, the actress who played Erin Hannon on The Office and starred in The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, has been outed as a KKK princess. <laughs> a KKK princess. Okay? Now, this is apparently what's going on. Apparently, there are clan balls, all right? In St. Louis, Missouri, where she's from. Is the name of this ball is the Veiled Prophet Ball, and they're
1: on- just pause there.
0: <laughs>
1: the Veiled Prophet right. Ball. Everybody, just let that soak in for a second. Right. Okay. Right. Continue.
0: So, uh, they are historically exclusive to elite white people. Now, I will say that in 1979, they start letting people, black people, become a part of the Veiled Prophet Ball. Okay. Uh But these these almost secret societies, not almost secret societies that there are that have these pageants. And it means that you are old white money from St. Louis. Okay, Uh, so this is what Newsweek reports. The ball continues to be held in December of each year while the Associated Parade now takes place over the Fourth of July weekend. Uh, Far removed from its beginning, said to have included floats featuring racist caricatures of different ethnic groups. The fair now looks like any other celebration of all things American. Americana, including fireworks, abundant food, and music. Apparently, this is supposed to be some sort of answer to the Mardi Gras situation um, that goes on on in my home state and also in places like Alabama and Mississippi. But critics of this Veiled Prophets ball will say that it is steeped deeply in American racism and that a lot of the leading members of the area's clan are involved in this so elite of the elite the racist of the races is what we're talking about high class schisms high class racisms in 1999 Ellie Kemper who plays Kimi Schmid and was also in the office was the queen of love and beauty at this uh veil prophets ball okay people have been reaching out to me on the old Twitter sphere telling me about the veil prophets ball this is what one guy said to me he says, uh, then I was born and raised in St. Louis, and although the Veil Prophet is not directly related to the KKK, it is an organization deeply rooted in racism and white supremacy. Traditionally, the organization had a parade hosted in what used to be the second-largest Fourth of July celebration in the country. As a child, my mother would not let us participate in either because of the racism associated with the organization. Even today, mm. not much has changed. I have direct knowledge of two current members of the Veil Prophet's organization that are in my industry and referred to as POC as a token. Honestly, they thought I was some lowly Negro and felt speaking comfortably around me. I confronted one of the gentlemen later as he is in a position of power and could actually change the culture. My one regret is that I did not follow through on my end to make this to make him accountable enough. So apparently, this is the deal. Like People around there know that it's racist. Ellie Kemper was the, the, the queen of love and beauty. Rachel, what do you think?
1: I mean... It should be noted that they changed the name from, it's not called the Vail Profit Ball. It's like, I don't know, St. Louis Fair Ball or Fair Ball. I don't know, something mm-hmm. like that. So they changed the name because it's gotten a lot of criticism over the years, which is why in the 70s, they started in allowing non-whites, Black people to come in. They changed the name of it in 1992. So it did not have the Vail Profit name when Ellie Kemper was a part of it. However, she grew up in St. Louis. Her family is very wealthy and very renowned in the St. Louis area. Her like great-great-grandfather was a banker there. So she comes from like the Kemper family. And a lot of the people who are involved come from these big families of bankers, of, of different executives, and, and they're all a part of this. But also, It also should be known that the Veil Prophet wore something very similar to a white hood and they hid their identity. And out of all the years, this started back in the 1800s, Two veiled prophets, their identity has been revealed. One, I think it was the first one. And the second one, um, an organization who was against this group bombarded a ball and they snatched the veil off and it revealed the identity. So the second person wasn't even willing to reveal it. So they keep their identity a secret for a reason because of the, the institution is known to be racist and also because of the economic power and 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 weight that they hold within the community of giving people certain opportunities because they run St. Louis with banking and railroads and other executive businesses. The the biggest problem with this with Ellie, I don't care how you try to slice it. She was 19 years old. She is born and raised in this city. There is no way that she did not know about the history of this ball in this organization. We have yet to hear a statement from her. We don't know, but I find it hard to believe she was a Princeton student that at 19, she was unaware of the history of this. Now they're trying to talk about it like it's a debutante ball, almost as if. Why are you looking at me like that? Go ahead. <laughs> they're trying to talk, to talk about it like it's a debutante and it's like part of like a society that she came from, but I'm sorry, it's just a bad look. I'm not calling her a KKK princess. That's a that's extreme. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that you were unaware of the history of the Veiled Prophet. If nothing else, was your curiosity not sparked by the name Veiled Prophet? I just it's just all okay. very interesting.
0: Are we expecting Go ahead? Ellie Kemper to have been a social justice warrior when she was nineteen years old doing uh, something uh, uh, that the people I didn't have- say that. So,
1: but why does she have to be a social justice warrior? Because
0: it, the, the reality is this. This is the reality. Should Ellie Kemper... So
1: she so she's a, she's a victim of the environment that she grew up in. That's what you're well, saying. Number
0: one, people often are. But number two, should Ellie Kemper come out and say, hey, yo, we have to do something about this. These balls are this, this one. Sure, she should. But at that time... No. At, at that time, though... Like you we we say she was nineteen, she was old enough she should have known she's nineteen years old it's It's like the guy that just the guy that just uh sent me that message it was obvious that he knew how bad things were because his mother was informing him about it and I'm not saying that Ellie Kemper or other people didn't know that people had these we don't
1: know we don't know,
0: so she should definitely address it now, but thank you we but we have to be honest with ourselves here. She was a kid, man. She's, I'm uh, not asking
1: her to be a social justice worker. Her sister, her sister didn't do it.
0: Right. Her, her, her sister didn't do it because of what? Or maybe her sister didn't
1: win. Maybe her sister didn't win. Let me just say that. Maybe her sister didn't because win. Because what, like, what, what I'm that. saying
0: is that I'm sure there were people, but she's 19. I, 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 I find it distasteful when when we go back. I, I'm going to be real with you. The ball, Yeah. I think the best thing about this is that she did do it. Because now I'm aware of these balls, right? And people are rare should be aware of these balls. Get these balls. I just people should get these yeah. balls out of their system. I'm not stop with these balls. I think
1: it's extreme for people to say she's a KKK princess. That's wild to me. I wouldn't. I would not say. I, I I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying she should have been a social justice warrior. What I am saying is, is it sounds like the people of St. Louis, Missouri, were very aware. If you lived there, you understood. What this was—that's what it sounds like. We on the outside had no idea, so we don't know. We're assuming whether that she knew a lot or she maybe she knew very little because she hasn't spoken out about it. But it seems like, it seems like, if you were aware of this, if this was deeply rooted, especially with her family, who seemed who she seems like she had fathers and grandfathers and great grandfathers who were all a part of this, that she was aware. That there look that this was something look
0: is there a chance that Ellie Kemper is from some secret society or white supremacist that want to like take over the world I don't be- I'm not look I'm not out of special looking triangles <laughs> and you know commune with the sun yeah it's special definitely possible it's definitely possible right it's probably unlikely I'm sure yeah, there's I'm some I'm sure that. there's some 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 racism in her family but maybe it is Shit, I don't know if it's unlikely maybe it is but the reality is this is the same situation with Rachel Kirkconnell, right? Come out, be like, "Hey, look, my bad. Like it, like look. This is bad. I know it's bad. I should have, I shouldn't have done it. I was a kid, child, and this in no way reflects the person that I am today. There's all of this history behind stuff, and a lot of times we're just victims." of american history and more so we're victims of things that are culture and tradition where we're from and they're wrong and bad and i'll make sure to be better and educate people on all of these bad balls but for us i
1: think that's a great statement to make and
0: and, and bad nobody likes a set of bad balls you know what i mean so and
1: nobody likes that well rachel made her statement the same thing we said it was a fantastic apology good like great Just, be better so, now you know better do better so
0: now you know better but what i'm saying is it's is like Yo man, when I was 19, it's just is this what it's about? When I was 19, there are things that I did that I wouldn't do today. When I was oh, sure. like when I was 19, there was stuff that I and even things there were when I there was stuff that my father thought that I agreed with when I was 19 that was wrong. They they just they just mm-hmm. this just taught me So now it's interesting. It's interesting to me because we get to see how white supremacy exists in all of these forms and how we we talk to white people and we say, hey, you have to be cognizant of the white supremacy that you're engaging with. And sometimes it's passive, you know, like we talked about earlier. And so I think this is an indication of that, that, hey, sometimes you're in league with it and you might not even know or maybe she did know. But even if she did know, and she was nineteen years old, as long as this a dress, I'm good with it. I don't need a bloodletting. She letting. needs to say something. Yeah.
1: No, she, absolutely. And nobody should be calling her a KKK princess. That's when things get blown out of. When I saw that, when you sent that to the group, I was like, "What?" Well, and then I read it, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is ex- extreme."
0: Yeah. It's like, but I, I do ask white people, like, where does it stop? Cause you out somebody as a KKK princess, but you don't want to hear about other things that are directly re- a result of white supremacy, right? If you met somebody, or uh, right now from Georgetown University, like do I get to call them out? Is it, 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 it's like it, it's so? This is what I mean. It's like we. Why do we as Americans have to understand that it all comes from white supremacy? It all comes from there. Georgetown school. A lot of people go to Georgetown every day. Georgetown sold some of my ancestors. The Jesuits had slaves. So like all of these things that we're talking about, like don't stop at Ellie Kemper and the white supremacist balls. Why does St. Louis exist? Like what? Well, like how? Like, how did these towns like? What? What was funding all of this? What was the deal mm-hmm. with all of this? So what I'm saying is, it's easy to, to to pinpoint one person and go, "Hey, this is like a function of white supremacy," and she should come out and talk about this, because yeah. more than anything, she should be willing to be a part of this conversation. Since she was agreed, she should be willing to be a part of this conversation. I know I certainly would. Yeah. i it, 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 You know, back in the day, um, come here. Uh, was that your grandmother?
1: That's my that's my auntie. Hey,
0: <laughs> she goes, no, no, she goes, no, no, no! She doesn't know if she's Monique approved. Um, <laughs> but you know, we should just anything that you were a part of that was <laughs> that was pointed south away from advancement and and you know decency. Just say, hey, this was a part of the culture where I was from yeah just address it
1: acknowledge it
0: but like she's getting beat up a lot and it's like i don't know man
1: but because she's not uh, right unnecessarily because of their original headline but also because she's not saying anything it's the same thing you already brought up rachel same thing we talked about with rachel for seven weeks there was nothing that was said it's like just say people want to hear from you instead of you letting everybody else run away with this narrative just say something Put out some kind of PR statement. Mm. Don't let it just boil. Like, wait till it just. There's another news story that's taking over. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's uh what it's
0: it's, no. I'm just saying it's like just everybody have the nuts to have the big conversations. And Ellie Kemper just come out. She. I'm still looking around. I don't see nothing from you, Ellie Kemper. Ellie Kemper, get out here! And yet she's still trending. And she's still trending. They're on your ass, Ellie. (laughs) Ellie. They on your ass. You gotta say something, but you know what's crazy? What if Ellie comes out and goes a complete other way? You know?
1: And says what? Like, yeah, I did it. She'd be like, This is a part of my family history.
0: Uh, be like, fuck it. Make America great again. You know what I mean? That'd be so crazy. <laughs> so much shit. Man, like some of this shit is just so much shit. Now there's so many fans of 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 Kimmy Schmidt, which I don't know. You know, I don't fuck with the show, but there's so many fans of Kimmy Schmidt that now she's a KKK princess. God damn. Well, isn't
1: the the premise of Kim, of Kimmy Schmidt that she came from, escaped from a racist cult? Yeah,
0: that's what it was—a racist cult. And It might have been the thing. It might have been true. It might have been autobiographical. You know?
1: <laughs> is she? She is a writer. Is she a writer on this show?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I know she needs to say something real quick. And I don't want to see no notes app. I want to see like she she's like rap. I want to see no You want to see a video? I want to see her put her face on wax like <laughs> rapping for.
1: What if she came out with the veil on and did the whole speech with the veil?
0: That would be crazy if she just doubled down.
1: <laughs>
0: but see if she came out with the veil on, Monique would like that cuz she would be looking like a queen. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? And now people look, I'm looking at my mentions. Makes sense. The office started to suck when she was on the show. It's like people
1: are cruel, man. People are awful. This is why come on, say something, Ellie. Say something, please.
0: Van is like, Van, do you think she should get canceled for this? No. No. I think she should be canceled for the way that she handles it. Not That's you're not not, not canceled or, or reprimanded. I don't believe in that cancel shit. Or not called out for for having done it, called out for the way that she handles it, you gotta handle it, Ellie all right um so let me ask you a question here it's it's van's very serious question of the week time okay okay it's it's van's very serious question of the week. all right, this is very true. you listening?
1: Can't help it your voice changing everything. Let's go. you ready for this? Yes.
0: Okay. You listening?
1: The suspense is killing me. Please.
0: No, it's not killing you. Don't say that. That's negative. The suspense is giving you life. That's what people should say. The suspense is giving me life. It's not killing you. It's it's getting you ready. Uh 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 suspense. Uh uh. This uh, better uh, be a good uh, question. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the suspense what what do people think of my songs have you
1: they love them unfortunately ooh,
0: ooh, ooh. this is my new song called the suspense you ready
1: no ooh,
0: ooh, ooh, <laughs> the suspense the suspense the suspense the let me ask you this Ooh, the suspense, <laughs> ooh, the suspense. <laughs> ooh, the suspense. <laughs> The parentheses is killing me.
1: Okay, we are not creating a Van's very serious question song. This will not play. That's the people the song. have had enough. One is enough. That's the song Do you go around the house Ooh, doing this, 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 or do you just save this yo, for the podcast? Let me tell you
0: something. I've created so many different songs over the course of my relationship. And you think they go hard. With, they, it's not that they. It's not that they don't. It, of course, it's like it's. It's not that they don't go hard. Of course, they go hard. Every single song goes hard. Every single song goes hard. Okay? Every single song if that I do goes hard. y'all are
1: looking at the video of this, make sure you check the seriousness of his face on this. He actually is, like, slightly offended that I said it didn't go
0: hard. He's a really upset. I also know why you're not more uplifting and, like, why, you know, like, like, let a nigga kind of Because I'm
1: waiting for the question. Because I'm still waiting for the question.
0: All right. This is the question. Uh, you you saw the woman with the bear video. Okay. You saw, I did. You saw the woman with the bear video.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, let's say that you're being attacked by a bear. All right. Okay. A bear is attacking you. And you're like, th- okay. And you're with Brian. Okay. You're with Brian and the bear. Please don't ask me this question. And the bear is attacking you, right? And you and Brian both run from the bear. You fall, but the bear, (laughs) but you fall. Brian keeps running, right? The bear chases Brian and he, the bear chases Brian and you, you know, climb up a tree. You're safe from the bear. All right. Do you give Brian credit for saving your life or are you mad at Brian? Would you expect Brian...
1: When did Brian Brian save my life? Because in the scenario you just drew up, I fell and he kept running and left me. Would you
0: expect Brian to jump in front of the bear for you?
1: I would expect him to come help me get up. Yes, I would.
0: Okay. What I'm asking you is very simply, would you expect Brian, your mate to jump in front of a bear attack for you? Yes. You would?
1: I would expect him to want to save my life, to protect me. I, I think he would die. You know, people are like, I, I jump in front of a, a car for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I take a bullet for you. Right. I I jump in front of a bear for you. Yes, I do expect that.
0: You expect him to jump in front of the bear to save your life?
1: I do. I do. Okay,
0: so like, let me give you some stats on the bear real quick. Okay, we're talking about a grizzly bear here. So I've
1: never. Had a, 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 so what let, could the stats be? Let me just give you some, it's always O O and whatever. Let me give you just. Let me
0: give you some <laughs> stats on the bear. All right. So, this is the grizzly bear stats. The grizzly bear. Um, right here, the American brown bear. This is the bear. <laughs> All right. It's it's fucking huge. All right. I just want to. Let you know, <laughs> That's-
1: uh, Stat number one. I just want
0: you to know that the grizzly bear itself, the uh, the male grizzly bear can weigh up to 800 pounds. 800 fucking pounds for the bear. Okay? The largest bear ever recorded is 1,500 pounds. A large coastal bear. A large coastal bear. A large one. When standing up, how, how 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 tall how tall do you think the bear is when standing up? Fifteen feet. It's fucking ten feet tall. Okay? It's ten What's your feet point? tall. So if the, Is
1: that supposed to change my answer? If
0: a bear is attacking you, you would want your significant other not to save their own life, to continue to live, but to put their life on the line for you and get mangled by the bear, is what you're saying.
1: I don't think Brian would be able to live with himself knowing he just left me out there.
0: He'd get over I it. I don't
1: think he could live with that.
0: He, yes, it, eventually he would.
1: But if he, but it would be honorable of him to throw himself in the ring of fire to save me. And as sad as I would be, as I would be, like my husband sacrificed his life for okay. me.
0: Okay. Can I ask you a question? What if Brian sacrificing no his life meant that both <laughs> of you would die?
1: We try. <laughs> at <least> he tried. <laughs> uh, what? What? At least he tried. He tried. Mm,
2: mm, mm, he tried. Mm, mm.
1: That's my answer. I'm sticking to it, Brian. If you're listening, you better save me or okay. try to save me. If we get attacked, if
0: if we get attacked by a bear, I want Kalika to run.
1: Of course, I'm gonna run. You think I'm gonna stand there?
0: No. What I'm saying is, I don't want her to come back and help me if the bear is on me. Don't help me like run to safety. Go I think be safe. Brian
1: would say the same thing, but ask Kalika. If she wait, fell, wait, wait. would is, she want to,
0: is this a gender thing? Maybe. Wow. <laughs> now Monique I is like, looking I'm right. I'm hearing myself. Is this I'm a hearing gender thing? Talk.
1: I'm hearing myself talk and I'm like, but honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. If I, if Brian fell, I would absolutely, I would never keep running. I would never and so I think it's not a gender thing I would just know what I would do and I would expect him to do the same thing if Brian fell there's no way I would not run back and try to help him up no way so this, I would never this is my thing he would tell me to keep going there's no way I would let him and so that's this what is, I'm expecting it's reciprocity here
0: this is my thing I think before the fitness assessment that we did
1: <laughs> I
0: would have expected Kalika <laughs> to you know but now it's like nah nigga you so fast nigga run you jump so high nigga before the fitness assessment i'd have been like yo we worked nah but it's like nah nigga you straight you don't need me nigga you strong you could jump just run away from the bear. so funny yeah so funny all right well rachel wants brian to die in a bear attack or
1: i would i would come back for him just like i'd expect him to come back for me
0: okay well shout out to the lady that uh that saved her that pushed the bear that was for her dogs whoo push the bear and that was it was a smaller bear but if that bear falls on the other side of that thing that lady got problems. no
1: I think that was the mama bear there weren't there little bears beside
0: I don't know I, I don't it know. doesn't
1: matter she didn't think about it she thought about saving her babies and I I respect that yeah. I will push a bear for copper in two seconds
0: nah man bozeman got so if
1: I'm willing to do that for copper I'm definitely willing to do that for Brian
0: Bozeman gotta Bozeman gotta work that out for himself man Two kinds of people in this world. All right, take the cows off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan.
1: I'm Rachel Lindsay.
0: We out. Help that bear.